aqua lads and aqua lasses. Ooh, things are getting a little spooky. You may need to turn the lights on because it is October. And folks, the aqua cave is going to be transformed into a spooky spectacular of uh, Halloween-related shit. God, I fucking love Halloween so much, and I hope you do too. Now, not everything in the Aqua Cave this month is going to be transformed into some sort of shenanigans regarding slasher films or things like that, but there are going to be quite a bit. So turn on the lights, pop yourself some popcorn, and uh, practice your screaming, because here we go. It's our first episode of Bright Man that's going to be focused on slasher movies, horror films, whatever you want to call it. And boy, oh boy, we are starting with a fucking big one. It is the Halloween multiverse. Verse, 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 verse. What? All right. So these days, we take a lot of things for granted surrounding our popular culture. Okay. We are also often beholden to patterns as well. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a look at the top 10 highest grossing films of the last decade. Starting with number one, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Episode 7, Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, the remake of The Lion King, the original Avengers, Furious 7, Frozen 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, and rounding out the top 10, Black Panther. Now, what do all these things have in common? Well, aside from The Lion King, and I suppose one could argue Black Panther, they are all sequels. Now, flip side of that, The Lion King at least is a remake of a beloved animated film, so it's sort of a sequel. It belongs to something larger and Black Panther, while being an original film, is part of the ever-expanding, huge-as-fuck Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, how does, that, how does all this tie into these first two random uh, claims that I made? You know, we're very beholden to patterns. So, the fact that each one of these films is a part of some grander entertainment vehicle. <laughs> now I sound like Vince McMahon, and I'm not trying to... You know, it's all part of shared universes. It's all a part of a brand. There's, there's as much as I hate to say all that, or to trivialize someone's art to say it's just this, you know, thing to sell. I mean, well, some of these I care about that. Some of these others I don't. But we very much like to make sure that when we go to the movies, we know what we're gonna get. Okay. And then my first claim was we take things for granted in terms of popular culture. Well, these franchises, okay, they can get bloated and overloaded with content very quickly. But more dangerously, they can get complicated. And you don't want people walking out of the theater saying, I, I don't get it. I would almost rather take, eh, it wasn't really... I didn't really like it that much. It wasn't for me. You know, I didn't like it as opposed to I just didn't get it. Because if your audience doesn't get it in finger quotes here, then there's really no fucking point. But luckily, I guess, it's 2022. And you can fill in the gaps on your own that you might be missing in terms of the storytelling or a plot points that you need to know. And that makes these large, massive franchises accessible. That's the whole point of my first statement. We take it for granted that if we make a Furious 17, God, I hope not, but if we do, you might get multiple extra tickets sold out of the deal because someone who was or wasn't going to tag along can at least get the information that they need to enjoy the films. You know, even if it's just like a part three, for example, you know, or uh, an episode of Star Wars or something like that, you can do some research and figure out what you need to know or, this is probably more likely, you can lean on someone that you're in your circle or sphere of influence that knows what the fuck is going on, and they can share the information with you. But, maybe they had to look that information up. That's my whole point, is you can, you can get what you need if you really want to, so you can uh, spend your dollars on different forms of entertainment. 
Now, there is one film franchise out there. Okay, there may be more, but this is the only one we're here to talk about today. And that is Halloween. And folks, Halloween has been doing complicated shit for quite some time. And, you know, you could argue that, well, Halloween's just as old as Star Wars, and people seem to keep coming back to it, so it's no big deal. Sure, but Star Wars, if I were to hand you uh, the nine DVDs of the, or Blu-rays, whatever, I hand you nine Blu-rays, and it's episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you see what I'm going with here? You can at least look at the boxes and be like, oh, I guess I watched this one first. Now, to some extent, you could do that with the Halloween franchise, but eventually, you know, you're going to comically hold all the Blu-rays, and you're going to have them, and they're all going to fall out of your hands all the time, and you're going to be like, I, I don't know, I don't, what, the, what the fuck am I doing here? I, I don't really know what to do with these, because eventually, the numbers fall off, and then eventually, you've got movies with the exact same fucking name. It's insane, if you really want to think about it. And the reason for this is that, you know, it's, while unintended, the, the Scream franchise, particularly Scream 1, really repaired or or reintroduced the Halloween brand to a new generation of filmgoers that would eventually have dollars to spend. And when these filmmakers would get involved after this, uh, you know, they sort of wanted to change things up in the Halloween narrative and do what they want to do with the Halloween characters. And I support that. That's totally fine. Uh, they were especially prone to do this if Jamie Lee Curtis was ready to re-engage with the franchise as well. And uh, because of all that, based on my count, and I'm willing to be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I got this because I was one of those kids. When Scream came out, I loved it. But what it did for me was make me a huge fan of the Halloween film franchise, okay? So to my count, there are nine timelines in the Halloween film franchise, which means there are nine different alternate Earths in the Halloween film franchise multiverse. Mind-boggling, okay? But again, totally fine with me as I'm a huge fan. So what I want to do today on Bright Man is shed some light, you know, because it's bright. All right, dad jokes end. I want to shed some light on the many ways that you can choose to enjoy the Halloween franchise, because after all, this is a fucking choose your own adventure. All right. Now, I'm sure that you can find this information online in perhaps some easily digestible flowchart, but the flowchart doesn't come with jokes or witty commentary from Johnny C., So hopefully that's enough to make you want to listen. Now my goal is to lay the groundwork and to outline like some of the various differences in the multiverses, on the timelines and what have you. So just spoilers, all right? Like there's just going to be spoilers for the whole Halloween franchise. At this point, these movies are old enough. I don't think anyone that's interested is going to be weary of some spoilers, but it's impossible to discuss the film without spoilers. However... There will be no spoilers for Halloween Ends because I'm looking at my watch and it's October 1st, so it hasn't even fucking come out yet and I haven't seen it. But don't worry, there'll be some Halloween Ends coverage on the Aqua Cave in the future. And, you know, I may mention some tidbits about my personal taste regarding some of these films, but also, don't worry, there will be a Top Man episode this month that will cover my official rankings of the Halloween films that will include Halloween Ends because it's not coming out until after I see it. So, let's get going on this adventure through the Halloween Multiverse. Chapter 1, The Carpenterverse. Right from the get-go, I would understand if someone were to say to me, there's some controversy right away. But in terms of the Carpenterverse, this is what I've got for you. This Earth is comprised of only two films. Halloween from 1978 and Halloween 2 from 1981. Now, why controversy, you say? Well, John Carpenter, the godfather of Halloween, the father of Halloween, I guess you could actually say, um, because I guess I, I lean into grandfather because he's older at this point, but... John Carpenter is responsible for directing only one film. And that's, of course, the original Halloween starring Donald Pleasance. Yes! God, I love you, Donald Pleasance. I miss you, buddy. 
we used to be really good friends, you see. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as well. It's a story of a young boy that murders his naked sister. Uh, but then, of course, returns uh, after breaking out of the Smith's Grove Sanitarium and stalks a group of babysitters in a small town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Halloween 2 is the less spectacular sequel. Uh, it's fine. We'll talk about that later someday on Top Man. But John Carpenter very much involved in this film as well. John Carpenter allegedly... Uh, responsible for directing quite a bit of this movie as well, as he was not pleased with, uh, I think is, is Rick Rosenthal directed this one, uh, not not very pleased with uh, some of the stuff that he was seeing on the dailies. Now, the reason, here comes the controversy, all right? Do you or do you not include Halloween 2 in the Carpenter-verse? Because he's only directed the first film. I say you do, and here's why. The Carpenter-verse is necessitated upon the fact that John Carpenter's original characters and his original scripted beats are maintained. Halloween 2, during the shooting of, there was some time spent reshooting, or I should say shooting for the first time, some scenes that would air when Halloween was to be featured on broadcast television. See, Halloween has, of course, to be edited for television, and it loses some minutes here and there because of some of the more violent or, quote-unquote, inappropriate content. So in order to make sure the runtime was sufficient to be broadcast on television with commercials, they had to shoot some additional scenes free of gore, violence, sex, swearing, etc. One of these scenes includes the Laurie Strode character visiting Michael Myers at the Smith's Grove, Smith's Grove excuse me, Sanitarium, establishing their union as brother and sister, which is, of course, the big plot element that Halloween 2 introduces to the Halloween mythology. So, therefore, John Carpenter's planet or timeline in the multiverse does include the brother-sister shenanigans. I'm putting my foot down, and it's official. I know. I could see this easily being two different timelines, but because Carpenter is specifically involved in that decision-making, I'm going to include it in this one. So, if you're looking for a way to consume the Halloween film franchise in a way that is quick to get through, but also true to the integrity as much as possible at the time to John Carpenter's intent, I suppose this is going to be the timeline for you. Although I could also hear arguments that just watch the first one, and that's pretty much the extent of Carpenter's involvement. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, Carpenter comes back in various capacity uh, down the line here in the multiverse, but at the same time, Direct influence and decision making, this is going to be, uh, and Michael Myers, of course, because Michael Myers is a part of this timeline. Carpenter would come back, well, we'll talk about Carpenter coming back for the third one here in just a second. Uh, there's influence there as well. But Halloween and Halloween 2 are your, your most simplistic versions before the timelines get very complicated. I suppose you could you could argue on one hand, Halloween 1 and 2 are the genesis for the different Earths that are born from it. But a couple years ago, that point was nullified. So really, Halloween 1 is just your true genesis starting point. They all stem from Halloween 1. Halloween 1 is the only film that is included in every different version of the multiverse. It's pretty fascinating if you really think about it. But if you flip that around, just say, Johnny, I mean, duh, it's the fucking first one. You think you're cool? You think you're intelligent? To which I would retort, I don't know. Maybe. But as straightforward as it is, that is the Carpenterverse. Probably an easier one to start with, and of course that's why we do. But you could just have to watch Halloween and Halloween 2. Which Halloween and Halloween 2? 78 and 81. Because, uh, well, these titles might get recycled a little bit down the line. Chapter 2, The Maskverse. Now, the entire Halloween franchise revolves around Michael Myers. I don't want to take for granted that that's understood, but that's definitely something that we need to keep in the back of our minds. The Maskverse timeline, or alternate Earth, if you will, takes place 
on an earth where Michael Myers is just a character in a movie. And yes, while that is something very meta, it's a very unnecessary and perhaps missable detail. So if you want to think about the mask verse, think of it like this. Picture Earth. An Earth where Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, takes place. And in that Earth, maybe to the side, is the Halloween 1 Earth that exists purely as a form of entertainment in the world of Halloween 3. Because Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, was the first and only film in the Halloween franchise where another direction was taken with the brand. The idea stems from the ending of Halloween 2 that sees Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis burn up in a fire, killing both of them and the Michael Myers character. Halloween was then to be, I don't want to say rebranded because it was still going to be Halloween, but reimagined as a film where each sequel would take place basically on its own version of Earth, independent the events of the other films. Halloween 3, of course, stars legendary WWE superstar Dan the Beast Severn as a doctor who tries to stop an evil corporation from making masks that will kill children. It also features robots, lasers, and other sci-fi elements, not to mention a badass soundtrack that sounds like it came out of my Game Boy, and I mean that in a very positive way. It's kind of fun because over the years, Halloween 3 has sort of been reevaluated and gained more of a following. But because of the lack of Michael Myers, I guess you could say it's two sides of the same coin. On one side, it's easy to ignore because it's not relevant to the rest of the Halloween timelines. On the other side, you could see a positive and be like, hey, it's just some random movie I can pick up and watch without having to worry about any sorts of shenanigans. And I would argue that's true. But don't forget, this film involves a scene that will make you feel very uncomfortable when Dan DeB Severn decides to nurse on a young gal who's probably half his age and is searching for her missing father. And he might be taking advantage of that situation. Uh, but he's probably drunk as well, which doesn't really excuse it. But another great subplot of Halloween 3 is how Dan the Beast Severn's character is a complete loser drunk. Which, if you are in the real world, seek some help, because you can get it. But in a fantasy world of just a movie where it doesn't really matter what happens, I am quite amused by this as well. Add in the fact that the old man from RoboCop 3 is... or Well, I guess he's not... RoboCop 3 being the one RoboCop film the old man is not in. Uh, he plays the old man in RoboCop 1 and RoboCop 2. Uh, he plays the evil... Uh, Connell Cochran, I believe his name is, the Irish mask maker uh, that, of course, owns the Silver Shamrock Mask Corporation that will turn children... Well, I don't know really what it does. I guess it uh, if, you, if you wear one of their special masks during a special television broadcast on Halloween night, that sounds a little bit like this. Happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock... <sighs> that won't be the first time you hear me sing that song this month, but I guess uh, that's a good thing. That's the way I'm going to look at it. But when you wear the mask, it, it basically turns your face into, like, laser bugs. I, don't, I, can, I can't even explain it. It's horrifying. It's frightening. It makes me want to puke. But I also kind of think it's a genius, like, little horror movie. Uh, But it is independent of the other Earths. And I did make the bold claim that Halloween, the original, is included in each multiverse. I'm standing by that because at one point, Dan the Beast Severn uh, goes to a bar to have a drink. And we see a commercial for Halloween directed by John Carpenter tonight on whatever fake TV channel we're watching. So I stand by that bold claim. Now, of course, Dan the Beast Severn isn't really in the movie. But one of the gags that my friends and I used to always have was that this guy was just Dan the Beast Severn. And so I'm going to continue that gag in podcast form. And uh, I think, unless there's some more jokes to tell or some more horrendous things to mention about this timeline, that is going to conclude the discussion on the Maskverse. Chapter 3, the Jamieverse. 
Uh, now, folks, at this point in time, you might want to get out your own notepad and something to write with because things start to get a little, I don't want to say confusing because it's really not confusing, but at the same time, it gets a little weird, all right? So the Jamie verse is composed of five films. Halloween, Halloween 2, previously discussed, and then the new wrinkles include Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. You better pay attention to that one. Anywho, the genesis of the Jamieverse is something like this. So Halloween and Halloween 2 happen. As I previously had mentioned, Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers are burned to death at the end of Halloween 2. Halloween 4 begins with a very quick retcon and a very nice police officer who decides to narrate to us the changes that have been made by the filmmakers. Of course, Halloween 3 doesn't exist in this universe, and so the friendly police officer omits those details. See, after the ending of Halloween 2, it turns out that Michael Myers was just badly burned. Not actually burned to death. And it turns out that Dr. Loomis was also not burned to death, but just badly burned. Which means... Oh, yes, Michael. Our war of attrition can continue. This is Donald Pleasance, by the way, Michael. I'm going to kill you, Michael. God damn you, Michael. You're evil. Anyway, I figured that Donald Pleasance would get in here eventually. But the genesis of Halloween 4, aside from this friendly cop narrating, is that Michael Myers, upon being transported to another sanitarium and in a coma, overhears that his bloodline has continued. In the Jamie-verse, we're introduced to a young girl named Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lloyd is the daughter of Jamie Lee Curtis's character from Halloween 1 and 2. We learn this because young Jamie Lloyd has some still photos taken on the set of Halloween that she looks at to remember Jamie Lee Curtis, her mama. And that's the Jamie's the entire centralized genesis of this entire timeline. Everything revolves around her existence. Uh, well, I was going to say this is the only timeline where she exists, but just, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so Halloween 4 sees Michael Myers return to his old ways. And what's interesting about this timeline is that while Halloween and Halloween 2, of course, matter, and they, of course, form the backbone of the genesis of this timeline, Halloween 4, 5, and 6 also act as sort of their own trilogy of films that revolve around Jamie to, you know, some extent. I would argue she's the driving force of 4 and 5, whereas when it comes to Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, she's sort of the... Act 1, if you will, as her character is, uh, well, rather quickly disposed of, thus making me wonder why she was even included. But that's a story from another time. But it is the story, uh, it's a timeline that very much cements that Michael is driven to eliminate his bloodline. Uh, this is the sort of first time that you hear that it's it's more than just a desire to kill his own family. Because in the second one, you know, obviously he wants to kill Jamie Lee Curtis and kind of everyone else gets in her way. Uh, in the you know, but this is more of a sort of a why does Michael continue to do these things? Well, it's because his goal or his uh, desire, I guess, is to eliminate his entire bloodline from existence. Jamie, of course, being his little niece, uh, you know, all sorts of people jump in in front of her to protect her, and it just doesn't go well for them. Uh, And of course, Dr. Loomis continues his mad, insane quest to destroy the evil. The evil is here. Uh, You know, some more Donald Pleasance for you. I like this timeline. And for the longest time, it was the only timeline we had. See, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, uh, famously ended the series in 1995 when it just failed to be anything that anyone wanted to watch. And this was sort of all we had. See, up until this point in 1995, when Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers is released, we really just have two timelines. Really, if you want to think about it, Looking at these things in terms of timelines and multiverses is kind of a a more modern way to look at it. It just used to be really simple. You watch Halloween 1 and 2, and then you skip 3, and you watch 4, 5, and 6. It was a lot easier to hand someone the box set, 
pull out number three and be like, watch these, and then when you're done, you can watch this one if you want to because it's independent. Of course, you could watch them in order if you wanted to, but it's really just a matter of your personal taste. And, and, you know, this sort of ends the discussion of the timelines making sense because you'll notice each one of these films has its own title. Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and then Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers. Again, that subtitle is going to become really important here in just a second. But this was all we had. This was simple. It was straight... Well, I was going to say it was straightforward, but I don't know. Um, Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers really throws this entire thing through a wrench. But fitting that we should discuss it uh, because it's the cornerstone of the next part of the conversation, which is Chapter 4, The Thornverse. Bum, bum, bum! Okay, so do you still have the pen and paper handy from the last chapter? Good, because you're going to need it. So, The Thornverse, what the hell does that mean? The other ones were at least easier to understand, Carpenter, Mask, Jamie. Well, The Thorn, in Thornverse relates to the Cult of Thorn, a mysterious organization, much like the Ministry of Darkness, that would be responsible for the curse of Michael Myers in this timeline. Allow me to explain, and of course, we start at the beginning. This timeline includes Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael, and Halloween 6! The Curse of Michael Myers. Now, folks, I didn't just stutter or repeat something I'd already said. If you go back and listen to the chapter about the Jamieverse, I said that film included Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. The Thornverse includes Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. You see, originally, Halloween 6 was not the film that was released to us in 1995. Hell, I can go back and pull out some old tapes that I have uh, of films that were released by Miramax Dimension Films and show you some trailers where it's called Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers. Because that's a whole other fucking timeline. Even though it's the same movie, though, I've decided to just include that little Easter egg for the fuck of it. So, to understand the Thornverse and why Halloween 6, The Curse, is different from Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, we have to go back to Halloween 2 and Halloween 4. So, in the Thornverse timeline, much like the Jamieverse timeline, Halloween 2 ends. And in between Halloween 2 and 4, Jamie Lee Curtis has a child. A daughter named Jamie. Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, then dies in a fiery off-screen car crash because that's the easiest way to explain someone's death when they don't want to come back for a sequel or the next season, etc., etc., and that's fine. Halloween 4 is a movie that ends. It's not relevant. I mean, the plot points we can discuss in Top Man. We're not going to do it here. And then that leads into Halloween 5. The ending of Halloween 5 sees... Dr. Loomis take Michael Myers down and take him to prison, and it sees Jamie Lloyd safe from the rampage of Michael Myers. As the police are booking Michael Myers into jail, a mysterious man in black, who we've seen a couple of times throughout the course of Halloween 5, but he's very much a character introduced in Halloween 5. He wears like a black trench coat, he's got black cowboy boots, a black hat. Is it Jim Ross? Has anyone ever confirmed what JR was up to that fateful day in 1989 when Michael Myers was broken out of prison and those police officers were murdered with bullets? Anyway, it probably wasn't JR, but that's what the man in black does. He shows up at the end of Halloween 5 and he shoots up the police station and like blows a hole in Michael Myers' cell and flees the scene with Michael Myers in tow. The other extra wrinkle of activity that Halloween 5 gives us is that very early in the film, when Michael Myers is unconscious and being tended to by a kind hermit, we get a close-up of Michael Myers' wrist. And we notice, for the very first time, because it's the very first time it was ever included in the character design, there's a tiny tattoo, uh, which we would later learn is the symbol of the Cult of Thorn. So, Halloween 5 ends, and they decide to make a sequel. 
they're going to call it Halloween 666, the origin of Michael Myers. I guess at some point it's decided that that title might be a little too out there. While I certainly get where they're coming from, I've got no problem with it. But so they dropped the 666s. And then I guess they became weary of the fact that they were calling something Halloween 6 and dropped the number to make it seem like it might be a bit more accessible. The subtitle was later changed from The Origin Of to The Curse Of. However, as the film was ready to be sent off for final approval, Miramax and Dimension did not like what they were seeing. And so, a lot of the film was famously reshot. Oh, you've never heard Johnny C. complain about a movie being reshot before, have you? And the version that was released into theaters was Halloween, No Number, The Curse of Michael Myers. Now, in that version of the film, we're introduced to some new characters, and of course, as I would mentioned, Jamie Lloyd, the young girl that we've been trying to rescue for the past two movies, is killed very quickly, early in the first act, by Michael Myers. It's revealed that Michael may be being controlled by this evil cult of Thorn. Okay? However, a lot of the plot elements surrounding that are cut out of Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, with no number. And some of the elements remain. And it's very weird because they left some of that shit in. And at the very end where you're supposed to learn, like, the true nature of the cult, etc., etc., the characters in the theatrical version treat it as if they were just kind of playing a joke the whole time. Like, oh, yeah, we were pretending to be this cult, and it doesn't make any sense. And it ends with Michael Myers, uh, you know, getting away after killing Dr. Loomis. Now, I believe this was done because Donald Pleasance actually died shortly after filming was complete and, uh, you know, wasn't around for anything like that. So that's the ending they went with as a way to write off the character. That's all in the original Jamie timeline, though. In the Thornverse timeline, we learn a whole hell of a lot more about the cult of Thorn, and it's actually firmly established that they are indeed an evil cult, And the film ties back to various moments all the way back to even Halloween 2. Now, I'm not going to sit here and discuss whether or not this was a good thing or a bad thing. Because that's what's going to happen when we rank the movies over on top, man. I will tell you that for years, years, I sought out a version of the Halloween 6 producer's cut. Which is what it was famously known as. Okay? And... I mean, good lord, man, this quest. I mean, when I first heard about it online, I was blown away, and I, I would go to websites and see, like, screen caps of the the differences in scenes, and I was like, oh, my God, please, I just have to see this movie. It's basically your, your Zack Snyder's Justice League scenario, okay? It wasn't quite that high, uh, because I, I did kind of forget about it for years. I had gone to, like, Comic-Cons, not the Comic-Con, but, like, comic conventions and shit like that, and seen people, vendors that were selling it, I saw one guy who had it on a tape, and he wanted like a hundred bucks for it, and I just couldn't do it. And then I had a guy that had it on a on like a disc, and he only wanted like fifty, but it was a Blu-ray, and I didn't have a Blu-ray player, and so it just never worked out. Cut to the future, maybe I don't know, like two three years ago, and they released maybe it was like four or five years ago. They released it on Blu-ray. And me, being a strange person that went straight from DVD to digital, I never had a Blu-ray player. Ironically enough, until the pandemic, when I broke down and bought myself a PlayStation that would play Blu-rays. But I thought to myself, damn it, I'm so close. Because here we have a legal version of the producer's cut, finally released, and I don't have any way to watch it. We'll cut to like a year later, around Halloween time, and I put Halloween into my Amazon Prime video machine because I wanted to watch one of them that I'd already purchased. And clear as day, right there, like the fourth one, is the Halloween 6 producer's cut on HD for like five bucks. And I just was, man, so happy. Just so happy. Yeah, that's the whole story there. But that that creates a completely different timeline where the, the Thorn cult is a very real thing. Magic, I guess you could say, is a very real thing in the Halloween universe. And so that that's why it gets its own timeline. And of course, it's called Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, because when you do watch the producer's cut that invo- involves Thorn being a thing, the title on the screen is Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. So they, the, the producer's cut, the fabled producer's cut, met us some way in the middle. They kept the 6, 
or they added back in the six, excuse me, they kept the curse of subtitle. They didn't go with the 666, and they didn't go with the origin. But it is what it is. I swear to God, that exists out there. All I gotta do is fucking Google the origin of Michael Myers. I'm sure you'll find it. So, yeah. It's a big one. It's it's really not that confusing. The only difference is you watch one, two, four, five, and then you don't watch Cursed. You watch the producer's cut. So in all in all seriousness, it's a hell of a lot easier to understand than I probably made it out to be in my intro. But the differences between Curse of and Six the Curse of are really just so ridiculous. I'm not going to get into it on this type of show. We'll probably get into it a lot more when we cover this stuff on top, man. But, uh, you know... It is what it is. It, it's not such a daunting mountain to climb up of. Not too shabby. Let's go ahead and move on to chapter 5. The 20-verse. Now, in my, in my head, there, there are two very distinct things that we need to thank for the existence of the... Well, I guess I say two, and now I'm thinking of all this shit in my head. But the two very distinct items that are responsible for the 20-verse, I was going to say, were Scream... And Dawson's Creek. Now, of course, why do I say that? Well, I told you in our last couple chapters, the Halloween series went into hibernation in 1995. All right? In 1996, Scream was released. And Scream treated the original Halloween film like it was the gospel. And rightfully so. And, of course, I've spoken about how that film introduced me to Halloween, made me a a, a huge Halloween head, etc., etc. Now, Dawson's Creek was created by Kevin Williamson, who was a scriptwriter who people just fell in love with when Dawson's Creek came out because he had such sharp writing and really underst- had a seemed anyway to understand how kids in this late 90s period were and how they communicated. Eh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he did create a script treatment for a sequel to Halloween that was later picked up by Miramax and Dimension and turned into a full-length sequel feature to Halloween. Now, you don't really have to get your pencils and papers out, but if you happen to make a copy of all the previous timelines, better use your eraser, because this is where we famously start to erase some shit from the timeline. See, up until this point, we were building on the timeline, taking a strange corner when we talked about the Thornverse, but here we start erasing history because again Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to come back and Jamie Lee Curtis died in between Halloween 2 and 4 Jamie Lee Curtis's character my goodness that sounded really macabre after I, I said it out loud and I didn't mean it to so the 20 verse pretty simple only consists of four films Halloween 78 Halloween 2 81 Halloween H2O or Halloween Water if you want to be a cock about it and then trick-or-treat motherfucker halloween resurrection which i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about so essentially this version of the timeline completely erases four five and six all the versions of six i might add and of course with that eliminates the jamie lloyd character and the death of laurie strode (sighs) or does it so this is what's kind of weird okay The script treatment for Halloween H2O seems to want to honor what came before it in the previous timeline, but also, you have to erase that shit from history, otherwise it comes across as making Jamie Lee Curtis's character look like a dick. So this movie assumes that Halloween 1 and 2 happen, and then, because Michael Myers is still technically alive after being burned to death and what have you, Jamie Lee Curtis... It's Curtis's character fakes her death and assumes a new identity in basically like the witness protection sort of program out in California. So we're away from Illinois where all these films take place. Now, I believe the method of faking her death she uses is a car crash. So it kind of like homages what her storyline was in Halloween 4. But it has you have to erase it though. Because if she did fake her death in a car accident and left her young daughter behind as an orphan, well, that just makes her look awful. Especially when you consider the fact that she has, like, a 17-year-old son, played by Josh Hartnett. Someone get this kid a fucking comb, please. I mean, seriously, it's gonna take, like, 40 days and 40 nights, but we're gonna fix this kid's hair. 
Oh, wait a minute. You're telling me that's what the chicks in the 90s liked? So all that time I spent doing my hair in high school was a waste? God damn it. Uh, the 20-verse also has a predilection for adding former rappers to the cast of characters as well as LL Cool J appears in Halloween H2O and Busta Rhymes famously appear- appears in Halloween Resurrection. This timeline is very much centered completely around Laurie Strode as the events of most of these films completely revolve around her and Michael's pursuit to find her and kill her. Now, of course, unfortunately, the evil that is old age took Donald Pleasance from us in between the rebirth of the series and the death of the series back in 95. So Dr. Loomis is written out as, you know, just passing away at some point before the movie started, but still very much a person who lived to be obsessed with Michael Myers and may or may not have assisted in the uh, the Laurie Strode's little ploy that she pulled. I don't really know. It's never really expounded upon. Now, the big sin of this timeline, in my opinion, is continuing after H2O. H2O had a fantastic opportunity to be like, you know what? It's 20 years later, and that's what the 2O stands for. I should mention that the film actually, when you watch it, it's like Halloween H2O 20 years later. So it's basically Halloween 20 years later. But that H2O, it's so catchy. So many water jokes back in the day, and I guess still continuing to this day. But the big sin that this timeline makes is continuing after H2O. I don't necessarily think it's like a perfect movie. As a matter of fact... Man, when, I, when when H2O came out, I was just, maybe this is a top man discussion, but I'll keep it brief. I was just floored. I was like, yes, this is it. This is what we needed. This is the, this is like all the best elements of all of them put together. And of course, I was just reeling from the fact that I was seeing new content. It's really not as good as it was, but had the ending stuck, it would have been good enough. You know what I mean? But of course, had to get greedy and make a sequel. And of course, what's unique about the sequel, Halloween Resurrection, is that it's a sequel to only... Well, it's a sequel to Halloween, Halloween 2, and Halloween H2O, but it's a sequel to the reboot, basically, that changed the timeline. So it only exists in this timeline, basically, kind of. Well, I guess this is all thrown through a loop here in a second when I talk about the next one. But Halloween Resurrection, unfortunately... You know, it's one of those situations where Jamie Lee Curtis returned because she was contractually obligated, but also, I guess, wanted to put the Laurie Strode character to rest, if you will, once and for all. And that means she's dead in the first eight minutes. I've never really timed it out. but uh, And again, it really just destroys the the really decent ending of Halloween H2O. And that leads us to Busta Rhymes and a couple of the kids from American Pie messing around in Michael Myers' house with webcams. And we got the dude from Save the Last Dance. Tyra Banks is here. It's just... Oh, God. I hate Halloween Resurrection so much. Spoiler alert for Top Man. I'd much rather watch any of the versions of Halloween 6. Then watch one fucking second of Halloween Resurrection. I remember walking out of the theater, you know, it was 02. So, uh, and again, we're all over the place. This is more of a top man discussion, but fuck it, I'm already here. I, I Walking out of the theater in 02, I'd gotten back to, you know, I was back from college for the holiday season, I think, whatever it came out. It, you know, and, and I got together with a bunch of friends who were also home from school and we, who that all liked Halloween. We were like, yes, like, we're back from school. We're hanging out. This is so much fun. Let's go see Halloween Resurrection. And just... Oh, God. Even in the theater, we all knew. It it completely didn't have that feeling of, you know, as you're watching, like, something new of something you love, it's really easy to just get caught up in and be like, oh, it was so good. It was the best one. And then, you know, five years later, you're like, yeah, it's maybe the second or fourth worst one. But, you know, it's still good. Um, it, It didn't even have that sheen on it when we first walked out of it. But thank God. We only have to watch it if we choose to exist in this, uh, you know, 20 verse you know it, it does have jamie lee in it uh but at the same time it's it's obviously it's the worst one with her in it period and of course she's only in it for a few minutes um but it's such a novel concept you know this this h2o versus 20 verse like it was just i don't know it, it was where the confusion started 
but it also seemed like a great opportunity to make fans not care that it got confusing because you were giving us the goods. And had you stopped with H2O, I probably would have agreed with that sentiment. But you didn't stop. You kept going. And now we have this 20 verse that includes Halloween Resurrection. Chapter 6, The Comics Verse. I would say this, and I, and I would say it as a good thing, but also a thing that can lead to being a detriment to its own self. Comic books, as a medium, uh, seem to exist to really want to please fandoms. Okay, And again, I see that as a good thing. You see this all the time in comic books when events get retconned or when there's reboots and things like that. You try to honor like all the best versions of something that people love from the past, but you also try to kind of put your own spin on it. Now, there are not a ton of Halloween comic books, okay? But there are some that do some unique things, and so I wanted to include this version of the multiverse out there because I thought it would be fair and fun to honor what these people tried to do. So the comic verse is consisted of films and comics, okay? So I'm going to go through the list. And in order to keep this concise, I'm just going to kind of talk about what these things are. You'll see. You'll see. So the comic verse starts with Halloween 78, Halloween 2, 81. And then we have our first comic, Halloween, the first death of Laurie Strode. This is followed by Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and then we'll pause. Wait a minute. You're telling me it's followed by Halloween 4 and 5? So this must be the story. This comic book, this first death of Laurie Stode, Strode, excuse me, must be the explanation for how she faked her, or excuse me, for her dying, you know, in between 4, 5, and what have you. Well, kind of. Because Halloween, the first death of Laurie Strode, also sort of exists in a continuity where Halloween H2O exists as well. So the comic books that were written for the Halloween franchise took the task of trying to unite and merge all of the different versions of the multiverse together to form one cohesive universe. Maybe a bad idea. Like I said, after the first death of Laurie Strode, we get Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. The next component is Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers, and then Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. What? what what's that you say? I'm sorry. Can, can you repeat that? Yes. Yes, I can. This timeline seems to want to have its cake and, or, and eat it too because it takes various elements from the multiple versions of 6 and sort of assumes that some things from the original cut happened, some things from the producer's cut happened as well. Thorn, the appearance of the Thorn cult being probably the biggest takeaway. This is followed by Halloween, the shape, and then Halloween 2, the blackest eyes. Now, these are comic books that focus on the adventures of Paul Rudd! Woo! I really didn't mention Paul Rudd up until this point because I didn't want to get distracted. But Paul Rudd is uh, famously the star of both versions of Halloween 6. I believe it's the first movie he ever did. Even though it came out the same year as Clueless, uh, he shot Halloween first. And uh, the comic books, this Halloween and Halloween, Halloween the Shape and Halloween 2, The Blackest Eyes, focus on Tommy Doyle, his character, and what happened after the events of Halloween 6 or Halloween the Curse, whichever one you choose to want to follow. Now, what's cool about these comics is that they also introduced or reintroduced other characters from the original Halloween that would uh, later be a concept used by Halloween Kills. They brought back some of the kids that were being babysat in the original Halloween, some of the little kids that picked on the kids that were getting babysat in the original Halloween. If you've seen Halloween Kills, you know, you've sort of seen that. And that's another reason why I want to talk about this comics first is that whether or not it's important to the continuity or understanding, it really isn't. And I don't say that to be mean to the people that wrote the comics. Some of the ideas were pretty sound and did get integrated into other versions of Halloween that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Now, this Halloween 2, The Blackest Eyes, is followed by a short story called Halloween Sam, 
which tells the story of Dr. Loomis's final days on Earth leading into the events of H2O. So in this crazy comics timeline, Michael is the product of a cult who wants to wipe out his bloodline. Jamie Lee Curtis has faked her death, but chose it to left behind a 10-year-old daughter for no reason, but yet take her son. Because after Halloween Sam, that being Sam Loomis, the events of Halloween H2O take place. Then there's a final comic book called Halloween 3 The Devil's Eyes, which attempts to bridge the Thorn storyline and close the gap between H2O and Resurrection. So it really has an unenviable task of trying to make sense of every piece of Halloween material that's come before it. I tried desperately to see if there was any sort of way that Halloween 3 was included in this, because I've read these comics. But man, I read them a long time ago in digital form, and they're hard to come by, like really hard to come by. And I'm not advocating digital piracy, but that's how I had it back in the day. Then I chose to get rid of all that stuff, etc., etc., so I don't have copies of it. I couldn't reread them before this podcast. For that, I apologize, but I didn't want to, you know, take from the content creators, all right? This is a decision I made. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's no inclusion of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch I think there's got to be somebody out there, some authorized comic. There's got to be some version uh, of the Halloween merchandise where they are just like, you know what? Somebody just go out there and do something crazy and try to bridge everything and make it all sense. I would totally buy a series like that. Uh, I just don't think it's something anyone's really interested in doing. And I don't really know how many people out there would try to buy it. But, I, you know, I appreciate this comic verse. I love comics, so I have no problem, like, reading them to fill in the gaps and believing that these events actually took place. But, you know... It's the sort of thing with, like, Star Wars, you know? It's like, well, did you know that uh, Han Solo and Chewie got into this crazy adventure before Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Episode Six? And I'd be like, sure. I'm sure that they did. I'm sure it was awesome. But you watch Episode Six, and those choices made in that little adventure they had don't inform the characters in Episode Six at all. So you believe it if you want to, and that's totally fine, but... It doesn't influence anything I see on screen. And these comics don't do that. But they do try to fill in the gaps. They introduce some pretty interesting elements that would later get reused uh, in other timelines. And so I like that. And I give them this brief moment in the sun. Chapter 7, The Origin Verse. With this timeline, I'm just going to stick to the facts. Otherwise, I sabotage one of my future episodes where we rank the Halloween films. So whether you liked it or not, in 2007, Rob Zombie, film director, was given the reins of the Halloween franchise and created a film called Halloween, even though we already had one called Halloween. So from here on, uh, you know, I guess I'll just call it Rob Zombie's Halloween to keep things simple. Um, And what this was, was a remake of the original Halloween, but a remake sort of from a different point of view. If you haven't seen this movie, you can ba- it's two hours long, and you can basically cut it in half. The first hour is an attempt by Mr. Zombie to tell the origins of Michael Myers, what made him kill his sister, what influenced the crazy monster that he would one day become. Was he simply pure evil, as John Carpenter hypothesized, or perhaps was there a reason behind all of this madness? Now, of course, it's Rob Zombie, so the reason was Michael Myers had a really shitty white trash uh, upbringing in Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, I mean, I know that Rob Zombie is the hell belly, Billy or whatever the fuck. Like I, I like I'm not a massive like Rob Zombie fan in terms of whatever. I got nothing against. It. Like I'm not trying to sit here and shit on it. If you like White Zombie or Rob Zombie solo shit, that's fine. Hey, my Durango, you know, number ninety five. Take it, dude. All right, I'm not gonna sing. Never gonna stop by Rob Zombie. But you get what I'm saying. Like I'm not. I'm not really. I'm sort of ambivalent. I'm right in the middle when it comes to zombie as a content creator. Okay, but man, oh man, this movie. Well, we're going to talk about it on top, man. So Rob Zombie's Halloween is successful enough, and it spawns a sequel that we're just going to call Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which continues to build off of Rob Zombie's Halloween and, and is a sequel to only that movie. So we've got Halloween 2, 
yet again. I'm sure you can understand the confusion and why referring to these things like Halloween eighty one, Halloween two eighty one, Halloween seventy eight, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, becomes somewhat of a necessity when you're talking about the Halloween multiverse. And you know, it's definitely it takes it in a different direction. It honors and homages the original Halloween 2 by having a little bit of a hospital sequence. Halloween 2, of course, famously mostly takes place in a hospital, that being the original in 81. So, you know, Zombie sort of gets to... But Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is really completely his. You know, he really only got like the first hour of the first one because the second hour is basically a remake of the original film, give or take a couple of things here and there. Of course, it's the white trash version of Michael Myers that runs around killing everybody but you get where I'm coming from here. Now, honestly, that's pretty much straightforward. So chapter eight, the zombie verse. Well, Johnny, see, that's kind of a cheat. You just started chapter seven, and now you've already moved on to chapter eight. Well, allow me to explain. So Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I believe Mr. Zombie originally just wanted to call it H2. And so the zombie verse consists of Rob Zombie's Halloween and then H2, which is basically Rob Zombie's version, the director's cut of his Halloween 2, okay? So these two timelines, I mean, they're weird. I get that. It's, but, you know, and the reason I call the, the, the first version the origin verse is because Michael Myers' origin is really what Rob Zombie brings to the table in that timeline, Okay, of course, the events and things that happen are different. Different characters live, different characters die, they act differently. That's fine. That's that timeline. The zombie verse is what I'm calling the version that includes a director's cut because Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, if you watch the theatrical version or the director's cut, some things are different, etc., etc. It's not as massive as the differences between being a part of a cult, not being a part of a cult, as we discussed ad nauseum. But the endings are so radically different that they have to exist on their own planes here in the multiverse i mean i i you know i'm not going to get into the differences i it basically involves the death of a main character or not killing the main character but since these films are a little bit newer yeah you know they're decades old at this point but i want to leave a little bit there out, out to the viewer the listener in case you want to investigate for yourself but it's also hard to, to determine if you're actually watching the Rob Zombie Halloween 2 theatrical version or the director's cut. So make sure if you engage in that type of pursuit to follow and view that uh, follow that course and view those films, you know, depending on which ending you see, that's what version you have. And, you know, that's a little more straightforward than some of these other chapters have been or what have you. But I don't know. I I don't want to spoil, again, my future shows, but... To, uh, 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 zombies stuff we'll get into it we'll just get into it which of course brings us to the last chapter as promised chapter 9 the 40 verse now why do we call it the 40 verse that sounds awfully convenient because after all we had the 20 verse well around the time i think it was probably like 2015 16 or something like that uh david gordon green put the idea out into the zeitgeist that he wanted to reboot the Halloween franchise because Zombies franchise didn't exactly set the world on fire financially. Uh, There was a planned sequel for Rob Zombie's Halloween 3. It never came to fruition. And so, 40 years later, 2018, a film called Halloween, 40 years after the original Halloween was released, was released in theaters. Now... This version, or corner of the multiverse, is probably the one that uh, has the most attention on it right now, obviously, and it's unique all to itself, because it omits the original Halloween 2 from 1981, the film, and how this, you know, I was going to say the film that establishes that, but I want to give it a little more build-up, so this means, this is the timeline that breaks the cycle of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode being brother and sister. Because that is firmly established in Halloween 2. They even make a little joke of it in Halloween 2018. I'm sure we've all seen it at this point. We know the joke. But this consists of Halloween, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and the soon-to-be-released Halloween 
ends. Very straightforward, aside from the fact that you've got two movies named Halloween, that being 78 and 2018. And again, just like the 20-verse, this stems from Jamie Lee Curtis getting re-engaged with the franchise, and that's awesome. I really do believe that. I've got no problem with it. You know, I don't want to get into a lot of the ins and outs of these sequels because, you know, I don't want to give away my rankings, but I will say this. Halloween H40 or the H40 timeline is so clean because it completely erases anything that happened after the original Halloween. And if you watch that original Halloween, guys, it's such a simple, straightforward film. And I don't say that to take away from its grandeur. I really don't. But in terms of the amount of characters, the amount of actual plot pieces or points of information, it's not very confusing. It's very straightforward, and that's a good thing. You know, you're not worried about all these crazy fleshed-out versions of Michael's origin. You don't even have the familial ties anymore. It's simply, you know, a, a small community was attacked, and then it went away. It, it ended. You know what I mean? Now, I've heard critics argue that that takes away from sort of the romanticization of the, the, of the Michael Myers character because... You know, it, in the, in the, and again, the characters even make light of this in Halloween 2018. You know, someone's like, Michael Myers attacked my grandma. You know, her, Lori's granddaughter's like, Michael Myers attacked my grandma. And he's like, yeah, I know, and that sucks. But like, I mean, he only killed like three people. and I, Which again, is just a horrifying example of how the times have changed. So maybe it's a good thing that they made Michael Myers just this sort of one night off boogeyman. Because it just goes to show that everything is terrifying. You just have to remember, I don't know, like, again, I'm not, this isn't the forum for me to get into it and analyze the film, but, you know, cutting off all of the fat, if you will, makes this maybe the easiest version to follow. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Carpenter verse is only two movies, and it's Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, so okay, but I would argue that this is a more fun journey to go on, I guess a little bit of a spoiler alert for my rankings, um, but again, and this is said with this is this last statement I'm going to make is said very tongue in cheek. Okay, I haven't seen Halloween Ends. Who knows? Maybe there's some sort of piece of information they're going to give us that will uh, make another timeline. I hope not, but that's you know again sort of tongue in cheek. But I guess you never really know. That's the danger of doing a show like this before Halloween Ends comes out. But in this timeline, you know, Laurie Strode does have a daughter. It's not Jamie. Uh, you know, Laurie Strode doesn't have a son that's Josh Hartnett. So they've sort of taken the elements that they wanted to and adapted them differently. Now, I will say this. Halloween Kills does a great job of bringing in some of those side characters that still exist in the Halloween mythology, like the kids that Laurie was babysitting that night that some of the comic books did. And I mentioned that was a reason I wanted to honor that comic book's timeline that tries to encompass everything. Because after all, in different ways... Everything that came before influences the H4O timeline. For example, there's a bunch of kids running around at Halloween Kills wearing the three masks from Halloween 3. And that's fun. I think they even have this little silver shamrock tags. Now, that's not some sort of confirmation that Halloween 3 happened in that world. It's just a fun little Easter egg joke for those of us who were crazy enough to traverse the multiverse of Halloween films and, and you know absorb every little piece of information. But who knows? Like I said, we still run the risk of Halloween Ends revealing some sort of new truth. But as it stands, Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and of course, in front of that, the original Halloween, and you've got yourself the H4O timeline. And folks, even though it's not the multiverse of fabulousness, I'm starting to feel the pull back to the prime Earth, which means it's time for our discussion about the Halloween multiverse to come to an end. But don't worry. The thrills and chills will keep coming this entire Halloween season in the Aqua Cave. And that's why it's more important than ever that you subscribe to the Aqua Cave so you get notified whenever new content drops. I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you. We'll see you next time.